Well, welcome to our 28th birthday celebration of Canyon Hills. I was there on day one, and wow, time has just gone like that. But this is our 28th birthday celebration, and this is also the day that we call Short Sports and Summer Picnic Sunday. Is this okay? Okay. No, it's not, huh? <laughs> Great. I think we just pastors ought to wear shorts every week. Amen? Great to have you here, and we're just going to have a good time this morning. And so, like always, find your notes outline on the back side of your worship flyer. And if you have a basket of pens underneath your chair, make sure those in your row have something they can write with. And uh, go ahead and turn in your Bible to 2 Corinthians 5, or uh, pull that up on your phone, and we'll be there in just a moment. It's great to have each one of you here. I think some people, first hour, must have thought the tri-tip was going to be already cooking at the park, and they smelled it, and they just were here first hour and took off, all right? But I'm glad you're here. Amen? Now, oh, they were so silent this morning. All of God's people said, amen. Great to have you here. Two things before the message. First of all, uh, we have a new baby to announce. This rose means there's always a new baby, and uh, we're pretty excited about that. And uh, Nolan Hoppy was born this Thursday, May 31, 7 pounds, 1 ounce, 21 inches long. His, his parents are Tyler and Ashley Hoppy, and the grandparents are our own Bob and Shelly Hoppy, and they were first hour, hour here. We got to congratulate them, and they are one excited set of grandparents. Great to have that happen. And then also, the second thing we'd like to do before the message is we would like to say thank you to our junior high pastor, Matt Vargo, and his wife, Nadia. Would you please welcome them as they come up? <laughs> Matt is being surprised by this slide of the many faces of Matt Vargo over the years. Well, 11 years ago, Matt moved west from the Midwest clear out to California, and about 10 years ago, his face showed up here at Canyon Hills, and then he began to minister to children, to youth, leading us in worship, using his musical gifts, and then became our, our pastor to junior high students. Well, now he met this beautiful woman named Nadia, and together they have just been a dynamic force for our junior high students and for our whole entire church, and we're so thankful for them and their ministry. But now they're going to make another move, and we're sad about that, but we're also excited about them. They're going to move to Central California, to San Luis Obispo, and uh, there they're, they're just going to be uh, kind of on a new journey to find new jobs, and Nadia's landed a job there at Cal Poly, and uh, so they're going to make this move. And so their plan is to be done here June 15th, and then spend the next month kind of being around, but then preparing to find housing and move on up around July 15th, and her new job starts there August 1st. But this morning, we want to say thank you to them for their faithful, faithful, faithful ministry. And so this morning, uh, we want to thank you for your faithfulness to God and your calling, but also the faithful, your faithfulness to this church family. Matt met this gal, and she is so sweet, and you really know that she's sweet by the baked goods she makes. Her baked goods are phenomenal, and she shared that with so many of our church family. And so we have some gifts for you today. Uh, Matt is kind of our coffee connoisseur here around, and so we have a gift card and a new tumbler for him. And uh, Nadia, we have some new baking gear for you and a gift card for you. But would you stretch out your hands this morning and, and just help me thank them as we pray for them for this new journey. Father, we thank you so much for Matt and, Varg and Nadia Vargo. Lord, they've been faithful to you, faithful to us, and we pray that you would bless them on this new journey. 
We pray that you would guide them, give them wisdom on their next steps. Lord, land them exactly where you want to land them for their ministry together to just be in a strong ministry for you and your name. Lord, bless them with a new church family. Use them in a mighty way, we pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Just thank them, would you? Love you guys. <laughs> you bet. They've been such a blessing. Thank you so much. Well, for the past two weeks, uh, we've been talking about loving like Jesus in a fractured world. And many will say, yeah, our world is pretty fractured. We've been talking about loving others like Jesus would love them, even though they may be fractured or there may be some real brokenness in their hearts and lives. Now, most of you know, if you've been around a while, the main thing that God's called you and me to do is to go into our world and make more and better disciples of Jesus. That's the main thing that God's called every Christ follower and every church family to do. In fact, the Bible says it this way. God has given us, who? Us. This task of what? Of reconciling people to him, reuniting or bringing people back to him. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors or sent ones. And God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead to somebody else, come back to God. Folks, 28 years ago, this church family was born. And our mission is the same today as it was on that very first day. Our mission and the reason that we exist is to get up each day and go to the places that God has placed us and there make more and better followers of Jesus. Our mission, no matter where we go, no matter what we do each day, is to help people hear about Jesus and how they can be reconciled or made right with God. In fact, the Bible here in this scripture is telling us, write this down, we've been given a task. We've been given a task. In fact, the Bible's making it clear, every single Christian and every church family has been given a task. So no matter what you do for a living, no matter what your talents and skills are, no matter how long you've been a Christ follower, no matter how much of the Bible you know or you don't know, Every single Christian has the same task, has the same duty, the same responsibility, the same assignment, the same mission for Jesus Christ. Every Christian has the same one. The Bible says it this way once again. God has given us this task of what? Of reconciling people to him. So we're all to be going and helping people come to Jesus or come back to him if they've left him. I like to say it this way. You've been reconciled to be an agent of reconciliation. So the question is, today, are you completing that task that Jesus Christ has given to you? Are you doing that? Are you helping people come to Jesus? You see, we've been given a task, and then the Bible's also telling us here that we've been given a message, a task, but also a message. Now, you don't have to sit down and come up with some really compelling message 
to help people come to Jesus or come back to Him. No, the message has already been given. You don't have to have all of the Bible knowledge in the world and be a theological scholar to share the message of Christ. It's already been given. The Bible says this, and He, God, gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So what is it? What is that message? Here it is. The Bible says, Christ died for sins once for all that he might bring us to God. That's the message. That's the simple message. Jesus died on a cross and paid the price we owed for our sins that he might make a way to bring us, sinful man, back to holy God and live with him in heaven forever. That's the message. It's that simple. That's it. So how do you get to God? Here's how. And maybe you know this verse by your heart. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life in heaven. And that's how we get reconciled to God. It's through Jesus Christ. By asking him to forgive your sins. By placing your trust in him to forgive you of your sins and come live inside of your heart. And by following him. Folks, we've been given a task. We've been given a simple message to share. And the Bible then tells us that, write this down, that we've been then sent. We've been sent. We are the ones that Jesus has sent to bring others back to him. He sent us to accomplish this task. He sent us to tell the only message that will accomplish this task. It's only through us, us that this task will ever be accomplished. If we don't get involved, we don't do our task. Somebody in your Belinda, somebody in Anaheim Hills, somebody in our surrounding cities is not going to have a chance to know Jesus if we don't go and accomplish this task. The Bible says this, so we are Christ's ambassadors. Another word, another translation is we are Christ's sent ones. God is making his appeal to others through who? Through us. Folks, we've been sent to our world by God like Jesus was sent to this world by God the Father. Now, we're not sent to be the Savior of the world. There's only one and one and only Savior of the world. Amen? That's Jesus Christ. So we're not sent to the world to be the Savior, but we're sent to do the same works of Jesus, to continue pointing people to Jesus as the Savior of the world. I like to say it this way. We've been sent to represent Amen? We've been sent to represent. You've been sent by Jesus to this broken, this fractured world to represent him. Jesus says this, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So like Jesus, you and I, we're to seek out and save the lost through his name. Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, look at this, I am sending not Pastor Larry, just him, I am sending you. I am sending you. Like Jesus, you've been sent to represent God to the lost, those who have no idea how to find their way home to God. So the question is, when you go to wherever you go each day, who do you represent? When you go to wherever you go each day, what do you represent? When you go or wherever you go each day, what kind of shadow... Do people see you casting? What kind of example do people see you leaving behind you? 
What kind of credibility does it give to the message that you are telling? Is your shadow this thing that follows you? Is it one that pleases God? Is is it one that draws others to God? The way you speak, the way you act, the way you do business, does it bring credibility to this message that you're telling people about God? What kind of shadow are you casting? You know, Shirley and I have been sent, we believe, by God to the city of hope for Shirley's cancer treatments. It's it's a miracle that God did, and that's another whole story, to even get us there. But we believe that God has sent us there, and now we get to have extended conversations with no less than five of the same people every time we go. Nurses, practitioners, doctors, chemo infusioners, all those kind of people. Five of the same people every time we go, and they now know who Larry and Shirley are. They know what Larry and Shirley do. They know that Larry and Shirley represent Jesus Christ. They know and they are seeing that we have faith in Him, that we have peace in our hearts and joy and strength no matter what we're going through. They are seeing that we have an ongoing ministry in the midst of our circumstance. And they're hearing us talk about Jesus. They're hearing us talk about Easter events at Canyon Hills and Christmas events and all the things that we do around here. They're hearing us talk about those things. And now they're beginning to open up their lives to us. And we're learning about their families and their lives and what's going on in between the blood pressure checks and all those kind of things. Listen, we've been sent to the city of hope not only to treat Shirley's cancer, but to entreat others to come to Jesus. Amen? We have a ministry in that place. The Bible says we are Christ's ambassadors. We're the sent ones to represent the one. Amen? So God is making his appeal to others through us. So our task as individual Christians, as a church family, our task is way beyond finding and excelling in an occupation. Our task is way beyond purchasing and maintaining a home. Our task is way beyond educating and developing our children. Our task is way beyond working to a place of retiring and traveling the U.S. or the world. The task we've been sent to do is to represent Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen. To come to him. Or if they've left him, to come back to him. He's making his appeal through us. So the question is this, are you completing this task that Jesus sent you to do? Jesus says this, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Are you completing that task? Are you lifting him up before others? You see, Canyon Hills exists today because God sent me to lift up the name and the works of Jesus Christ in this city. The French churches in Juarez, Mexico and Clovis, California exist today because the Lord sent Sergio Cardona and David Hopper to lift up the name of Jesus Christ in those places. We all stepped out and we went where we were sent. And because we did, hundreds and hundreds of people today have come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord and they have an eternity in heaven waiting for them. Because we did, more marriages and families, and we can count, have been restored and saved and are healthy today. 
Because we went where we were sent, many others have also stepped up and stepped into full-time ministry for Jesus, out of other occupations to follow Jesus and serve him full-time. Just because three men and their families have said yes to Jesus and went where they were sent. This week I met a pastor and his wife from Kenya, and we walked in and we talked right here in this sanctuary. God sent them to a remote tribe in Kenya. They've been going to villages and they're leading worship and praying for the sick and, and lifting up Jesus in those remote villages. And all they, as they do, most who listen to them, because they've never heard about this Jesus, they mock them. And they're yelling at the top of their lungs, you don't know what you're talking about. And they mock them. But when they're all done, they fix a meal and they invite even those who mock them to join them in a meal. They feed them. They care for them. And because God has sent them there, they keep going and going and lifting up the name of Jesus there. Today, they have a strong mother church. Today, in those villages, they've, they've planted 18 daughter churches. Today, they have a home for widows. They have a home for orphans. And it all happened just because one pastor and his wife said yes to Jesus and went where they were sent. The question is, what could happen if you and I just went where you've been sent? What could be your legacy if you just went where you were sent and there really began to lift up the name of Jesus and live for Jesus the way he calls you to live in his word? Now, that place just might be in your home with your kids. Lifting up the name of Jesus there. Calling your kids to come to Jesus. That place could be in your workplace. That place could be in your seat at the ball field or the gym as you watch your kids compete. What could happen if all of us just went where we were sent? Folks, this is the bottom line. Our task is to go where we've been sent and there lift up Jesus. And then to share the message when the time is right with those who are there to listen and invite them to come to Jesus. Because the main thing is this that God has sent us to do, to lift up his name. So for this next year until June 2019, our theme as a church is simply this, sent to represent. That's our theme. And our goal during this next year is simply this, each one bring one. Each one, bring one. Go to those places where God has placed you, and when the time is right, ask them to come join you. Each one, bring one. Begin asking God to send you to one and to help you bring just one. So in this next year, this church and God's forever family could expand from 500 that we are today to 1,000. Would that be good? Would that please God? Absolutely. And then in the next following year, in 2020, if, if each one would just then again bring one, this church and God's forever family would go from 1,000 to 2,000. Would that be good? Would that please our God? Would that grow the family of God? Absolutely. And if all that happens, what would that do to enable us as a church family to do even bigger and better things here in our city and in the, in the world? Folks, you've been sent to represent but we together have been sent to represent. And we've been doing that for 28 years. We've been faithful in reaching and teaching and mentoring and coaching and caring. 
We've been faithful in funding and leading pastoral conferences in the Philippines. We've been faithful in, in funding and starting new churches in Mexico and the Philippines. We've been constructing new church campuses. We've been starting churches here in the United States. We've been feeding the homeless. We've been caring for the sick. And we're not going to stop doing any of those things. But today, I want to announce to you two new things that we're about to do. Two new things that we're going to do. I want to celebrate with you two things that we're adding to our list of things that we're always going to do. Amen? Anybody up for that? All right. First of all, I want to announce to you to this. The first new thing we're going to do this fall is we're going to finally start building the park. And all of God's people said, amen. (laughs) A part of our master plan and vision that God spoke into my heart before Canyon Hills was even started, that we would be a community center, a park place where our whole community could come and enjoy. We've been sent to bless the families in our surrounding cities. And one way we can do that is to complete the next part of our master plan that we're calling the park. So here's the plan. Here's here's our plan. Here's what we're planning to do. Two phases. Phase one, build the new playground. Build the covered pavilion, shaded gathering area, the grill, the sink, the tables, the chairs, the outdoor TV to project the services for folks who sometimes feel like they, they can't come in for various reasons. Build the grass area where we can and, and really in, enlighten and heighten that so we can use that for many, many other things. But then phase two, go ahead and build the final court, design it, fund it, complete that as soon as possible. And you're saying, well, I thought the court was, was in the, the phase one construction. Well, it is, but what we found out is when you pour 5,000 square feet of concrete, the regulations and the codes for all of the underground water capture and water drainage go out the roof. And so what we're doing is we're working on a new design, going from a high school-sized basketball court to a junior high-sized basketball court, and doing some redesigning so that all that underground stuff uh, is not required. And so it just caused the cost to go out. But then our elders are sitting around and saying, we're ready to go with phase one. Why, Why should we not do the children's playground here? Why should we not go ahead with the pavilion? And then as soon as possible, we get the new design down, go with the court itself. So there's going to be a court, but it would be in phase two. And so, folks, that's the plan at this point. Here's the desire. Phase one, complete it this fall. Are you ready? Oh, you don't sound ready. Amen? Start it and complete it this fall. And then phase two, as soon as possible. To kind of help you re-envision what we're talking about, take a look at this, and then I'll talk about it some more. The total cash that we have on hand restricted just for this project that can't ever be used for general fund operations that, as we, many of us have been giving for years, is $145,000 and some dollars. And so the gap needed to start is just $59,000. And so to start building this fall, we just need a couple of significant gifts and several other smaller gifts to fill that gap. And so that can happen. Now, our commitment has always been that This expansion would always be a cash-only thing. The church is not going to go into debt, and that's always been our commitment, and we we just won't. And so we've always said we're going to take our time, and we're going to move forward in in God's timing as God supplies. And, folks, we are almost there. We've been working with all the subcontractors and getting the prices down, 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 and we're almost there. 
So here's the deal. How can you give to help fill the gap and start so we can start this fall? Well, if you want to give a gift above your regular general fund giving, this is how you do it. You simply write in your check or envelope, the park. And it will go in its entirety uh, to the park and help us fill that gap. It's just that simple. And in the coming Sundays, if you'd like to know how you could maybe provide something specific that you saw in there, like the grill. Could you almost smell the hamburgers coming off that grill? If you'd like to provide something like the grill or the sink or some of the shade covers or uh, the outdoor uh, TV or some of the furniture uh, for that area, there'll be a list and, and you'll, have, you'll see what the prices are to, to be a part of that. But whatever you give, it'll fill that gap. Whether you give specifically or give just generally to the park, it'll help fill that gap so we can start this fall. So I'd like to just kind of say it this way. Just help us fill the gap and we'll start in a snap. Amen? Help us fill the gap and we'll start in a snap. Now the second new thing that we're going to do this fall is this. We're planning to start a daycare for our children here at Canyon Hills and for the children of our city. The Canyon Hills daycare is in planning because we are sent to care for people. We've been sent to care for the families in our surrounding cities, and we want to help working parents have a place for their children. And so here's the plan. We want to offer a child care and a safe Christ-centered place with Christian curriculum. We're proposing the start, the initial start to be this fall, 2018, with then another major launch in January 2019. We're talking about caring for infants from six months old up to age five. Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., but don't be late, parents. There are consequences for being late. Folks, there are two things that we're planning to do to kick off this fall that are aimed at doing the main thing that Jesus has called us to do, at representing Jesus in our city, helping and caring for people in our city. These two things will cause more people to come to our campus. These two things will provide opportunities for them to hear about Jesus Christ and come to know him. You ready for a third good thing? Here's a third thing that's just been done. We're not getting ready to start it. It's already been done. We've found this to be done, and it's in operation now. Look at this, solar panels. Why do we put solar on top of the church roof? Have you seen the pictures on Facebook yet? Why do we put the panels on top of the church roof? Because we as God people, we're sent to manage God's resources. Amen? You may not know this, but we've been paying Edison over $2,000 a month just for our electrical bill. So with financing from Friends Church Development Fund, the church was able to go out and purchase this solar system. The system lowers our Edison expense. We're able to pay the, the loan from Friends Church Development Corporation and we're still profiting or we're still saving immediately $400 a month. And so our monthly electrical expense will drop from two grand to $1,600. Amen? Isn't that awesome? And I think that's called good management of God's resources. And so immediate savings, a locked-in rate with Edison for 25 years, and then once our loan is paid down and paid off, amazing savings. We'll go from a $2,000 a month bill to four or $500 a month bill once the loan is eradicated. Can, can you just help me praise God for that? I mean, isn't that just awesome? Okay, isn't that awesome? 
It looks like that. And I want you to know it's turned on. It's operating today. We're saving dollars today for God's family here. This alone over time can help us even financially do more and more to represent Jesus in our community. So listen close as we close. We have, no doubt about it, we have been sent to represent. We've been given this task. We've been given the simple message. We've been set to represent him. Canyon Hills family, let's do that with excellence this year. Amen. Let's do it with greater excellence than ever before. Would you pray with me? Father God, as we celebrate 28 years of going and telling and representing you, today we commit to you that we will do even bigger and better things to represent you this year. Guide us, give us wisdom, provide for us, and we will step out and represent you in a bigger way than ever before. We pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's church said, amen. amen.